Warriors have a one-point lead. Fox on the steal, and folks, this kid is quicker than gossip. And now, right now back to Bibbit. This is your team. Fuck it, we deserve this win, man. Welcome to a King's Fans Perspective. I am your host, Jacob Zede. And what a weekend for the Sacramento Kings after that hard-fought game against the 76ers. I guess the best team in the West, the best team in the East, excuse me. They came out and beat two teams that are depleted in the Orlando Magic and the Memphis Grizzlies. And they go 2-0, and they are now 14-12 on this homestead. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Uh, I see what I did here. I had the score sheet upside down. Apparently, they got blown out by two depleted teams in the Orlando Magic and Memphis Grizzlies. Ah, yes. That makes much more sense now. What the hell? What the hell is wrong with this team, man? Last week, everything was all peaches and cream. Sunshine and rainbows. Uh, lamb and tuna fish, but now, for some reason, this team, a uh, couple of days later, forgot, are looking at the team that was the previous week, giving up 120-something points a game, and it's like, what what happened? Did, like, are they changing stuff in practice, or did the Kings decide, you know, we didn't win that game in Philly, and these next two games are going to be easy. We're just going to coast right through and tr- flip a switch because we're a freaking badass team. And they found out that they're not a badass team. They're the freaking Kings. And no matter who is on the floor, who coaches this team, who's the GM of this team, who even freaking owns this team for the last 14 years, this team gets it in its head that they can come out and beat anybody. Even like they play to their competition, no matter who it is. Play great against the freaking East team in the 76ers. And then they see Orlando Magic on the schedule. They see they have a back-to-back. And they see that they're missing like 17 fucking people on their team. And they think, oh yeah, we got this. But no, they don't freaking got this. They get Blown out and embarrassed while Nikola Vucevic is draining threes like he's freaking Steph Curry. And Michael Carter-Williams, the former Rookie of the Year, and nothing else. Michael Carter-Williams decides to tear up the defense like he's freaking Derrick Rose and Chris Paul out there. What the hell? And then, but I can understand that, you know. You're going against a Magic team. You're, you're missing your all-star player in Fox. You know, you're missing a key piece in Marvin Bagley. 
you know, you're shorthanded. You didn't find out until like an hour before the game. It happens, you know. You overlooked, but you're also missing your star players, and you have to rely on guys that normally don't get minutes and who are not familiar with each other. You understand that, you know. The game gets synced off, whatever, you know, fine. But then you think about that game. Oh, you know, we got to come out more aggressive. We got to, you know, the next game we come out, we can't let uh, teams get out to big leads early on. Uh, we really got to play physical. We can't be making big boneheaded mistakes. We can't rely on the three-pointer too much. We can't uh, turn it over a lot. We got to be hard-nosed defense and match the physicality. We can't be punked by our next opponent. And then cut to Sunday. The Memphis Grizzlies come in. And what do you do? The exact opposite. The exact freaking opposite. You let them get out to a 13-2 lead. But you cut it down to 17 to 12, but you just let it keep on growing since then. And you turn it over 16 times, and you fall in love with the three, where you were 4 for 24 at halftime. 4 for 24 at halftime. Maybe, just maybe, when you're, when you're 4 for 24, or maybe when you're like 0 for 8, or... 2 for 11 or 3 for 16, you decide, hey, maybe we should not take that many threes. You know, we should attack the basket more and try to get to the foul line. You know, do what we were doing the week before where we were playing so well by attacking the paint and kicking out the shooters or attacking the paint and getting to the free throw line, playing our style of play, getting physical, and matching the other team's physicality and not letting them punk us. No, 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 no. Let's just camp around the perimeter, and pass it back and forth between Barnes and Bielitsa, and run little high screen pick and rolls, and just jack up threes. And then let the Memphis Grizzlies get the rebound, and throw it in transition, and either get a transition three, or they get a layup. And then the King's like, well, 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 if they can do that, we can do that. We're going to get a transition three. By Buddy Hill, who for some reason forgets that the hoop is not 18 feet away from the three point line, it's like 22 feet away from the three point line because all of his shots are either front rimming or airballing. And the Memphis Grizzlies get the ball, so they say thank you very much, Buddy Hill. They toss to the front court, they get a transition three, and they get a layup, lather, rinse. Oh, this team, man, sometimes. What is up with this team? And, like, it seems like they just don't want... I don't know what it is. I don't actually know what it is. Is it the coaching? Is it the players? Is it the GM? Is it Slamson? Is Slamson's fault? That were... Is it Scott Boak's fault? Is it the PA? Scott Freshour? Is that his fault, too? Is it G-Man's fault? Is it Mark Jones and Doug Christie's fault? That this team doesn't know to play defense anymore or get caught on switches uh, that are not communicating like they were before did after the Sixers lost did they just decide oh that was a bad loss or not really a bad loss that was a close game that was a hard fought game you know we were almost in it if we just play that way against poor teams we can win that game 
they thought, nah, let's not play that way because obviously that didn't work against the Sixers. That won't work against the Memphis Grizzlies. That won't work against Orlando Magic. Ho, 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 because I'm a freaking idiot. <sighs> Just like, I don't know what is up with this team. It's like they're predictable sometimes. It seems like anytime teams get on a little streak and then the national media is like, hey, look at these kings. There, there's no drama on the court. There's no drama in the front office. The, are the kings for real? Other people go, no, the kings aren't for real. Come on. What are you talking about? And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The kings are for real. What are you talking about? Darren Fox is an all-star. Marvin Bagley plays his best game. Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill is Buddy Hill. Harrison Barnes is a superstar. The kings are going all the way. Tyrese Halliburton, rookie of the year. Blah, 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 blah. And then they... Crap the bit. The next game. And then everybody goes, lol, same old kings. Ha ha, same old kings. And I wish there was a way to figure out what's going on. Is there a person that is causing this? Is there somebody back in 2006 that put a jinx on this kings? You know, there's always jokes about Arco Arena being buried on the Indian burial ground. And that's why the team was cursed. You know, and then they built Golden One Center. Was that under an Indian fairground too? I don't know. Is what is going on? Is what like did the people who like fought so hard against the Kings not having an arena put a hex on this team? Did Chris Hansen, uh, who tried to buy the Kings and move to Seattle, say like, "Well, if you're gonna keep this team, I'm gonna." Have like a voodoo doll, and like every time he watches the Kings game, he pokes it with the needle, and that's why Buddy Hill keeps turning it over all the time. Looks that one play where Kings get the ball, they have momentum, score like four baskets, four straight points, and Buddy Hill comes down the court and he tosses like a lazy ass left-handed one pass to Chemezi Metu in the pick and roll, and it just gets picked off, and the Grizzlies go on the other side. Pick it off, and those are just like the irritating freaking things about this team. They make stupid freaking mistakes like that, especially Buddy. Sometimes it's just like, What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? That is like, you had a I know you're trying to make the right play because everybody says you're just a freaking shooter and everything like that, but what are you doing? I don't know, that kind of flabbergasted me. I don't know. I wish there was something that we can figure out what's wrong with this team. Uh, what can I say that's positive about this game? Well, it's over. That's one positive. Well, main other positives was Foxen coming back healthy, and he looked really good. Didn't play the fourth quarter for some odd reason. I know they weren't doing well in the third, and Luke Walton was riding the bench. But if they cut that thing down to 12, you know, no matter how good your bench is doing, you don't ride with them the whole freaking game. You put your star in and your star closes it out. You know, maybe they probably wouldn't have won because, you know, there's like three or two minutes left. But, you know, you put your star in. to like, And I know you have like a back-to-back tomorrow. And that's probably what he was thinking too, but still. I would, in the seven-minute mark, put
fox in him. If you can make it a game. I know, you would. Try to steal one at the end there. But, they did it. And, they got beat out in the fourth quarter. And, I don't know. And apparently now, taking the person who's hanging on the rim and grabbing him by the leg and tossing him over your shoulder now is considered unsportsmanlike conduct now. You know, I've seen people, while they're trying to block a ball, miss the ball and hit somebody in the face. That's a flagrant one. I've seen people go up for a layup and clear out with their elbow, hit someone, and that's a flagrant two and they're ejected from the game. But if somebody dunks the ball and the opponent is standing under the basket and not letting that person land safely, you know, because you can, if you can, can't stick your foot out when somebody takes a jump shot and if they land on ankle and twist their ankle, that's bad. But if somebody's under the basket and if they fall down and they twist an ankle, that doesn't matter. But if they're hanging on the rim and they have no space to land and that person says, hey, man, stop hanging on the rim, grabs them by the arm and freaking turns and swoops them onto the floor and onto their back like a freaking Street Fighter move, that's just unsportsmanlike content. You know? Because uh, if that happened to LeBron James, uh, Jonas Valanciunas would have been kicked out of the league and sent back to Lithuania to go play basketball over there. If if he did that to LeBron James, but because it was little Chimezi Metu, you know, and Chimezi Metu didn't lay on the ground, flopping around, grabbing his back, putting his hands to his face, grabbing in pain. He got up like a tough son of a bitch, and started clapping like, "Yeah, what what's up now?" They thought, "Ah, that's just unsportsmanlike conduct." I don't know, man. I heard somebody say that. The league this year with the refereeing, they're playing, they're having like G League officials with the NBA officials because I guess they're not refereeing G Leagues this year. Well, they're doing G Leagues, but not every team is playing. I don't know what the situation, but I heard that they're doing like a crew chief and then two other officials who are like G League officials. And I don't know if it's different refereeing the G League than it is in the NBA. And it just feels like there's a lot of un proven unqualified NBA refs uh, qualified refs that are refereeing for the first year in the NBA trying to learn the skill so they're going to have like so many times either they don't have like the experience like a crew chief like you don't see a lot of games where they have like uh, Scott Foster Bill Kennedy and uh, Joey Crawford not Joey Crawford but like Who's that other guy? I forgot his name. But he, uh, that is Joey Crawford. Joe Crawford's the other guy. Joey Crawford's the other guy. But yeah, you don't have three guys like that being the referee or Ed Malloy. You, know, you just have Bill Kennedy as one head ref, two unnamed guys, or Zach Zarba as a. And it sucks that I know these referees' names because I shouldn't be able to know who the fuck the referees are because they're supposed to just call the game and they're supposed to be just nameless guys that just call the game, whatever. But it seems like now 
we know so many referees names that we can tell which ones are good which ones are bad and what by good i mean that they don't they 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 don't screw your team out of the out of the game they screw the other team out of the game because it's all subjective because the referees are good by one thing and they're bad to the other fans that's how it is but man i don't know seems like this year this is just all out of whack with this thing But yeah, the Kings, over the weekend, they lose to Orlando. They lose to Memphis today, 124-110. They fall to 12-14. And, and, you know, they have two more games on this homestand before they hit the road. And they go against the Brooklyn Nets on a back-to-back. They don't have Kevin Durant, but they still got two good guys, and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. I heard they're kind of decent. And then, day off of that, and then you go against the Heat and head on the road trip. So hopefully in these next two games, I don't expect them to win. You know, I just expect them to compete. You know, fight to the bitter end. You know, be in it. Make it entertaining. Make it fun for the fans. You know, that's kind of sad. It's like this this franchise doesn't this franchise fan base doesn't really ask for much from this team. Like the bare minimum. It's sad that that's what we have to ask for. Like other teams fans when they're when they're, you know, when other teams fan bases when their team is, you know, fighting hard and they lose by like two points and stuff, they're they're all like, "Yeah, trade them all. Uh, this guy sucks. He can't close." Uh, you know, fire the coach, blah, blah, blah. But when the Kings play hard and they lose by two, the whole fan base is like, oh, yeah, they have some potential. They have, you know, I think they can go all the way if they just add a piece or two. It's just, man. So after 14, 15, 14 going on 15 years of so much bad basketball, so much terrible basketball, that, like, effort and showing that you have fight is like a positive for this team like you want to see them <laughs> just be entertaining it's like a low can you not do that can't you like at least be entertaining at least not just jacking up threes and breaking them you know playing physical defense trash talking to your opponents uh throw a few behind the back passes and some dunks once in a while that would be nice just that's all we ask for. Just play, play well, play entertainingly. Do, do like the bare minimum of stuff, so we can overreact and claim playoffs. But actually, we're just a mediocre team. But yeah, uh, Kings have two games coming up, and if they just hover around 500 like and it wouldn't shock me knowing this king's team if they come out tomorrow and they beat the nets and then they beat the heat and then everybody wants to buy uh playoff tickets again for the team like they did last week but i mean this season it doesn't really matter in terms of wins and losses as far as like the players on the court and the head coaches i feel because 
no matter if Luke takes his team to the playoffs or they bottom out and get a top three pick, he's gone either way. Because I feel like Monty McNair is going to just let this ride out and see what he can do next year, build his team how he wants to, and keep the pieces. This is like an evaluation year for Monty McNair. He's going to keep the pieces that he wants, trade away the pieces that he doesn't like, or try to flip them for something, or just not sign and sign the pieces in. Try to build around Fox and Halliburton, or maybe he doesn't want to build around Fox. Maybe he sees after this year he wants to build around just Halliburton. I don't know. But yeah, I was like I was saying, I could be, I would be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked actually if the Kings beat the Nets tomorrow, beat beat the Heat. Also, wouldn't be surprised if they lose by forty to both teams, and then the whole world hold Kings fandom crumbles. But yeah, uh, they have a game tomorrow, February fifteenth, against the Brooklyn Nets. Will they hit the road? Should be a fun week. See where this team is at. If they can. Be around 500 by the All-Star break, which is what, March 4th, which is, I don't know, three and a half weeks from now. I'm not good at math and stuff. So hopefully they just keep it around 500, make it exciting, and make it so they can see what this team can go on, see what this team will look like going forward. Keep it around 500 for the All-Star break, and then see where the team goes from there. But yeah, thank you guys for listening to the Kings Fans Perspective. I'm your host, Jacob Zeta, and you guys have a good night. Peace out.